This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. I get the finger pointed at me all the time for bringing people on this show and putting them on the hot seat, asking them stuff that they have to stop and think, am I allowed to bring that up, say that? Do, am I allowed to answer that question on the show? Used to be a big thing with the roundtable when we'd bring David Arrington on around Christmas time, our president CEO, and say, okay, David. Yeah, he had like a... About this and that. He had oh. a full security posse around as well. So we couldn't just ask him whatever, but you still managed to. Used to get those questions, the uh, remarks from marketing. Don't ask David about. There would be a list of things not to get into. <laughs> yeah. Ramya Muth, and that's who that lady is here. I'm Kelly McDonald, host of the program with Ramya here, uh, bringing you our daily, <laughs> daily dose of laughter, fun, and a lot of serious stuff, and sometimes even old time stuff. We welcome in uh, from our communications department, Greg David, as we talk television. I'm Greg David, and I love TV. Join me on Kelly and Ramya, where we talk about the biggest hits, misses, and trends in television and entertainment. Well? Well? You have well, something to say? David. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's time. Hey, how Come are on, you? Greg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what else, Greg? That's nice. What else, Greg? Sorry, it's just, I you think he that. realizes that he stole my intro, Greg, and now he wants... Somebody to say no, it. No, no, you still have an intro. I want Greg to, to follow the lead of what we started with. He's got something to share with us that probably he shouldn't about Monday since we were talking about oh. it earlier. There's just some little tidbit or something interesting really? Mr. David will have for us. Oh, yes, I absolutely. Faith. Well, well, thank you, first of all, to everybody that RSVP'd for a seat to the Kelly and Ramya primetime taping that's taking place on Monday. All of the seats have been filled. Uh, we've actually had to turn a few people away. That's how popular it has been. Really? So yes, we are going to we are going to have a full house at the theater on Monday, November the twenty seventh, for the primetime taping. Um, we're just in the middle of ordering the uh, some some light refreshments for everybody, mm. uh, and uh, yeah, really excited. I'm going to drive in all the way from north of Ottawa to be at this because I wouldn't miss it for the world. Now, did you turn yeah. away more of my friends or Kelly's friends? I don't have uh, it was all your gang. No comment. Okay. Kelly's friends. Then. No, 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 so, no, no. It was, uh, no, we didn't, we, yeah, uh, no, it wasn't anybody. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, we'll talk about this off air. Don't put see, me on the spot. Yeah, I was just going to say, see, what's wrong with you? I never would do that to this poor man. Are you serious? Um, I will say though, Greg, are we during the show supposed to call out all the parents that are showing? Oh, <laughs> Uh, you Your can parents. if you want. I mean, my parents are excited about attending, and I know that because they're coming now, there's a whole bunch of people, uh, a bunch of family members, which I think is fantastic. Uh, I can't yeah. wait to talk about Ramya with Ramya's mom. Uh-uh. Oh, she's... Um... <laughs> and, and Greg, Ramya's brother's going to be there, too. He'll he may be or may not be there. They may much. or may not be no, there don't anymore. Don't It doesn't matter. We'll just say all sorts of stuff. It'll get to them. Oh. Her, your brother has to come. I've heard so many stories about your brother on the air. I need oh to guess, please. Yeah, so anyways, you tell me first whose <laughs> friends you've turned away, and then we'll talk about what kind of <laughs> you dirt you get. On the, uh, on the air, right? So <laughs> yeah. they'll no longer yeah. be friends. That Greg David guy, he's a jerk. He turned me <laughs> away. Yeah, let's go through the guest list on the air right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> all right, Amuthan. Now, speaking of stealing intros. All right, uh, thanks. Uh, um, Thank you so much, Kelly. Uh, um, all right, Greg. I think we... I'm forgetful. 
we are going to talk about uh, the history of drama, right? TV dramas yeah. today. So. Yeah, the the birth of the television drama, which you know we we spoke a few weeks ago, maybe it was even last week. We talked about the the um, the history of the of the sitcom, and I kind of went into this thinking that I already knew where the television drama came from, and I really didn't. So, the first sitcom, or sorry, the first drama on television was something called The Queen's Messenger, and it was produced by General Electric, and it was an experiment television broadcast in Schenectady, New York, at a television or at a television a radio station there on September the 11th, 1928. So 1928, the first ever television drama. It was a radio drama that had been adapted for television, and it was being broadcast with both sound and moving pictures for the very first time. And The Queen's Messenger was about a British diplomat who had a romantic encounter with a mysterious Russian woman who is secretly trying to obtain secret papers that he's carrying in his dispatch case for the Queen. And uh, this melodrama was selected because it had just two actors, an actor and an actress, and they could alternately select the three television cameras between them and the scene props. So 1928, obviously black and white, an experiment in uh, northern New York State. Incredible. That's amazing. Like, wow. Now, obviously, it wasn't uh, broadcast on a flat screen TV, right. uh, the Queen's Messenger, in somebody's home. Um, you, you had the technology that was brand new at the time. Let's, let's talk about that, Greg. Yeah, this is fascinating. So if you picture an old-timey radio, so a large box with a very, very small screen that had been built into it. So it was shown on a television that was – it was actually octog octagonally shaped and about 10 inches high and 4 inches in depth. And uh, the front panel upper part had a three inch square aperture through which the moving picture was viewed. And there were knobs on the lower part, which controlled how the radio signals for the television were received. And so you remember, you know, Kelly and I will remember the times where you had to move the rabbit ears around uh, because the signal on the screen wasn't holding, uh, wasn't holding in, in place. So that's what these knobs were, but a very small, small screen. And there were six televisions that were set up around the, the station studios. And and they were connected by a closed circuit television for newspaper journalists to watch because they brought in a bunch of newspaper journalists to show them this newfangled creation that was that was television. And uh, there were television receivers set up in the transmitting control rooms that received the signal from the air, and it was broadcast from several miles away. And this is funny in my research on September the 12th. The day after the broadcast, the Wilkes Bar Times leader had the following to say. Those who viewed the picture were agreed that the demonstration was impressive, although the pictures jumped and flickered. It may, however, they believed, be the forerunner of the radio movie. So mm -hmm. that's where they were at wow. that time. They were just thinking about turning radio shows into radio movies. Mm. Sounds pretty foreshadowing to me. And also, we've talked in the past with you many times about the popularity of mystery and crime dramas. Yeah. Crime dramas really got its start in the 1940s. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about those? Yeah, for sure. So Barney Blake, Police Reporter, was an American crime drama that aired live on NBC from April the 22nd, 1948 
to July the 8th of 1948, and NBC claims that it was the first mystery series to air on TV. It was set in New York City, and it centered on a police reporter named Barney Blake and uh, his secretary, Jennifer Allen, as they solved criminal cases. Uh, Gene O'Donnell played Barney Blake, and Judy Parrish played Jennifer Allen. So that's the one show that I wanted to mention, but I also wanted to mention another one called Man Against Crime, which is also known as Follow That Man, and that ran on CBS and the DuMont Television Network. Uh, uh, CBS, the DuMont Television Network, and NBC from October the 7th, 1949 to June the 27th, 1954. And that starred Ralph Bellamy as Mike Barnett, a New York wow. freelance private eye. Each episode was 30 minutes in length, and there were 122 episodes made. So another one. But this is a cool one that I wanted to mention as well. It's called The Plains Clothesman, Plain Clothesman. And it was the first American police procedural. And that was broadcast on the DuMont Television Network from October 1949 to September of 1954, and it starred a guy named Ken Lynch. And what was interesting about this show is that the camera were his eyes, so you never saw the lieutenant, the the, the plainclothesman's face. The viewer just saw what he saw through the lens of the camera. Oh, and God. so if he lit a cigar, you would see his hand come up toward the camera with a lighted match, and then viewers saw the tip of the cigar in the bottom of their television screen. And if he was knocked <laughs> down, the camera showed the view of him looking the up from the floor. The entire time? Like this yeah. was the camera? Get out. And if people came up and talked to him, they talked, they spoke right into the camera. So it was like <laughs> you were the cop. And Hello these were the there. conversations. This does what was not happening. sound <laughs> great. It does not. I'm still back on the darn oh cigar. God. Could you imagine with a huge yeah. camera like that? When, when you're yeah. trying to manipulate with a cigar in your hand, lip showing up. Wow. Um, Wow, that's, but what a perspective. I love the idea of the fight and getting knocked down. Could you imagine yeah. dancing two people, manipulating the camera and both having the drop on their back if he gets punched? Um, well, and the other so thing Greg about that, yeah, I was just going to mention oh, the ahead, technology at the time would have been huge television cameras, so they would have <laughs> had to. That's what I was thinking. They, uh, yeah, they were they were inventing it. It wasn't somebody with an iPhone lying on the floor. Like they had to manipulate <laughs> oh. the camera to look up. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. realistic that looked. <laughs> my goodness. Well, in studio it'd be something else, but I think through the eye for the viewer. Oh my God, what a way! Have you, ever, Greg? You should look for those on YouTube because a bunch of these I think you can find at least yeah. clips of 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 these. Um, let's talk about the because these cop dramas paved the way for a bunch of them in the 1950s. Well-known dramas like Dragnet, The Detectives, and The Untouchables all got their start in the 50s, as did one of the most popular television series in history, Highway yeah. Patrol. Mr. Broderick Crawford, uh, yeah. tell us about this. Yeah, so Highway Patrol starred Broderick Crawford, like you said, Kelly, as Dan Matthews, and he was a gruff and dedicated head of a police force in an unidentified western state down in the U.S. And the program was based on authentic stories from the files of Highway Patrol headquarters throughout the country. So ripped from the headlines, right? We talk about law and order being ripped from the headlines. Mm. Uh, so was a Highway Patrol. And episodes, of course, dealt with pursuing and arresting criminals such as smugglers and hijackers and thieves. Highway Patrol ran for 156 episodes spanning four TV seasons from 1955 to 19... Uh, from 1955 to 1959, and during its run, Highway Patrol featured many actors who would later become successful stars in their own right, uh, among them Stuart Whitman, Clint Eastwood, Robert wow. Conrad, Larry yeah. Hagman from Dallas, Barbara Eden from My I Dream of Jean Jeannie, and Leonard Nimoy from a little show called Star Trek. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so the genre continued to evolve into the 1960s with the popularity of Route 66 and Columbo, which you think deserves its own discussion. Yeah. Um, but do you want to wrap by talking about The Man from Uncle, which was a spy drama? Yeah, this starred Robert Vaughn. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because because without it, you wouldn't have had a show uh, called Mission Impossible, which came out several years later. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and you know, Mission Impossible then led to, you know, the feature film uh, franchise that starred Tom Cruise. So it really goes back to the man from Uncle. And that followed secret agents Napoleon Solo, played by Robert Vaughn, and Ilya Karakin, who was played by David McCallum. And he was a Russian spy. And they worked uh, for a secret international counter-espionage and law enforcement agency called UNCLE, which was the United Network Command for Law and Enforcement. And that show kicked off in September of 1964 and ended 105 episodes later in 1968. And I wanted to bring it up because James Bond creator Ian Fleming contributed to mm. The Man from UNCLE after being approached by the co-creator of the show, Norman Felton. And according to the book, The James Bond Films, uh, Ian Fleming proposed two characters, Napoleon Solo and April Dancer. And while they kept Napoleon Solo for The Man from Uncle, they used the character of April Dancer in the spinoff, The Girl from Uncle. And the original name for the show was going to be Ian Fleming's Solo. And uh, and Solo was going to be the feature of the series, but David McCallum as the Russian Russian agent was such a fan favorite that is that they decided to keep him, and the two of them became a team. And I remember watching The Man from Uncle. Obviously, you know it was uh, at that point it was in uh, in syndication. I wasn't watching it live, right. but I remember watching that show and thinking about how cool it was at the time, and had no clue that Ian Fleming was so deeply involved in it. Unbelievable. The people that were in so many of these things and this leading to like James Bond and uh, Secret Agent Man, just so many, and even even down to stuff like, um, you know, the Wild Wild West, which had that science fiction kind of spy stuff on it. Uh, you want to tell us where, because we've only scratched the surface, surface of this, where can we, if anywhere, can people go to watch some of this? Yeah, sure. If you have the if you have the CTV app, they offer some of the later crime dramas that we haven't had a chance to talk to talk about, um, like Hunter and T.J. Hooker and Heart to Heart, which were crime dramas in the 1980s uh, that I watched all of those and loved them. Uh, and if you've uh, checked out Pluto TV, that's a free ad supported streaming TV service. Uh, Perry Mason and Mission Impossible are both available there. So uh, we talked about sitcoms. There were a lot more sitcoms are available um, out there, but uh, just a few, a handful of uh, of dramas. Uh, that you can watch from the uh, the old days. Fantastic. So we've covered history of sitcoms and history of TV dramas. Appreciate it, Greg. No problem. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay, see you and your folks on Monday. Sounds great. Greg David joining us for TV Talk. That's every other Wednesday here on Kelly and Remia. Coming up, folks, one cancer patient is helping to erase millions in medical debt. Bill Shackleton explains on The Buzz next. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.